Trapcast Express. Trapcast Express, it's Friday, June 21st, 2019. Francis is alarmed. Last Friday, June 14th, the Argentinian apostate Jorge Bergoglio met with oil executives in the Vatican, and he told them, quote, Today's ecological crisis, especially climate change, threatens the very future of the human family. This is no exaggeration. For too long, we have collectively failed to listen to the fruits of scientific analysis, and doomsday predictions can no longer be met with irony or disdain." Towards the end of his talk, the pseudo-pope exhorted his audience, "...dear friends, time is running out. Deliberations must go beyond mere exploration of what can be done and concentrate on what needs to be done, starting today. We do not have the luxury of waiting for others to step forward or of prioritizing short-term economic benefits." The climate crisis requires our decisive action here and now, unquote. Well, with that kind of -of end-of-the-world alarmism, we obviously need to turn to the advice of the saints of our times. And who would be better to rely on than John XXIII, Angelo Roncalli, the man who gave us the new Pentecost of the Second Vatican Council, and it was canonized by Francis himself. Listen to the words of John XXIII from his opening speech of Vatican II on October 11, 1962. Quote, We feel we must disagree with those prophets of gloom who are always forecasting disaster as though the end of the world were at hand. Unquote. Did you get that, Francis? Speaking of Bergoglio, Francis went to Naples, Italy today to give an address to a conference on teaching theology at Novus Ordo Universities in the context of the Mediterranean. Now, Francis instructing people on Catholic theology is a bit like Dan Quayle hosting a spelling bee contest. But of course, we know how Bergoglio operates. Just because he has no clue and nothing intelligent to say doesn't mean he's going to keep his mouth shut. And so the address today went accordingly. In fact, I'm inclined to say that the talk he gave is possibly the biggest load of garbage I have ever read from the man. And that's saying a lot. For example, he emphasizes the need for a, quote, church that increasingly places evangelization at the center. Not apologetics, not manuals, evangelization. At the center is evangelization, which does not mean proselytism. In the dialogue with cultures and religions, the church announces the good news of Jesus and the practice of evangelical love which he preached as a synthesis of the whole teaching of the law, of the visions of the prophets, and of the will of the Father. Dialogue is, above all, a method of discernment and proclamation of the word of love which is addressed to each person and which, in the heart of each person, wants to take up residence. Only in listening to this word and in the experience of the love that it communicates can the actuality of the kerygma be discerned. This dialogue is a form of welcome, unquote. Got that? I didn't think so. But, hey, 
In case you didn't hear his condemnation of proselytism the first time, he is happy to repeat it later on in the same speech, calling it a plague and adding that we must not have the aggressive intent to refute the other. Unless, of course, it's about his environmentalist eco-religion, then proselytism is just fine, and even bullying is allowed. Anyway, further on in his speech, he says, quote, Theology students should, should be educated in dialogue with Judaism and Islam to understand the common roots and differences of our religious identities and thus contribute more effectively to building a society that values diversity and fosters respect, brotherhood, and peaceful coexistence, unquote. And notice that he doesn't say that the theology students are to learn about Judaism and Islam for the sake of being able to refute them and help the people unhappily caught up in these false religions to leave their errors behind and receive the gospel. No, what he wants is diversity in religion. He wants brotherhood and peaceful coexistence, just like the Freemasons. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, we have to live together in peace with people of other religions in our society. But the goal for the Catholic cannot be to build a society in which there is religious diversity and coexistence. The goal has to be to have as many people freely convert to Catholicism as possible because they have seen that it alone is the true religion. That is the aim of true evangelization. And it's clear that Francis, being a modernist and a Freemason, at least in his thinking, that Francis does not want that. That's not his goal. Now, just in case anyone doubts it, Francis continues and denounces for the umpteenth time what he calls decadent scholasticism. As any modernist would, he belittles it and makes fun of it, saying, quote, Between us it was a joke. All the theological theses were tried with this scheme, a syllogism. First, things seem to be like this. Second, Catholicism is always right. Third, ergo, that is a theology of a defensive, apologetic type enclosed in a manual. We joked like that, but they were the things presented to us at that time of decadent scholasticism." Unquote. Yes, scholasticism has always been a thorn in the side of the modernists because it is systematic, precise, and logical, and that is something modernists abhor because it leads to certainty and clear answers. Modernists love questions, but they hate answers. They want confusion, doubt, vagueness, and ambiguity. They do not want clear, certain answers. See, in scholasticism, it's very hard to BS. And since modernists are BS artists, they hate scholasticism. That's the long and the short of it. But don't think that's only the case for Francis. Benedict XVI, the other non-pope running around in Vatican City these days, wrote in his memoirs Milestones the following, quote, I had difficulty penetrating the thought of Thomas Aquinas, whose crystal-clear logic seemed to me to be too closed in on itself, too impersonal and ready-made, unquote. Aww, 
logic's just too impersonal for Joseph Ratzinger. Not creative enough. Not transcendent enough. You know, it's funny how the very people who love a liturgy where the priest is turned towards the people throughout then complain about something being closed in on itself. Nothing is more closed in on itself, banal and mundane, than a novus ordo mass. Okay? Just saying. Anyway, concerning the modernist contempt and horror for scholasticism, Pope St. Pius X wrote in his 1907 encyclical Pascendi, paragraph 42, quote, Against scholastic philosophy and theology, they use the weapons of ridicule and contempt. Whether it is ignorance or fear, or both, that inspires this conduct in them, certain it is that the passion for novelty is always united in them with hatred of scholasticism. And there is no surer sign that a man is tending to modernism than when he begins to show his dislike for the scholastic method. Unquote. Amen. That describes Francis to a T. He hates scholasticism, he makes fun of it, and he rejects it because he is a modernist and loves to preach novelty. He's a theological ventriloquist whose hand puppet is his god of surprises. In 1950, Pope Pius XII, too, denounced the modernist contempt for scholasticism. Quote, Unfortunately, these advocates of novelty easily pass from despising scholastic theology to the neglect of and even contempt for the teaching authority of the church itself, which gives such authoritative approval to scholastic theology. Unquote. That's the encyclical Humani Generis, number 18. And Pius XII continues later in the same encyclical, uh, paragraph 32, where he says this about scholastic philosophy. Quote, How deplorable it is, then, that this philosophy, received and honored by the Church, is scorned by some who shamelessly call it outmoded in form and rationalistic, as they say, in its method of thought. They say that this philosophy upholds the erroneous notion that there can be a metaphysic that is absolutely true. Whereas, in fact, they say reality, especially transcendent reality, cannot better be expressed than by disparate teachings, which mutually complete each other, although they are in a way mutually opposed. Our traditional philosophy, then, with its clear exposition and solution of questions, its accurate definition of terms, its clear-cut distinctions, can be, they concede, useful as a preparation for scholastic theology— a preparation quite in accord with the medieval mentality. But this philosophy hardly offers a method of philosophizing suited to the needs of our modern culture. They allege, finally, that our perennial philosophy is only a philosophy of immutable essences, while the contemporary mind must look to the existence of things and to life which is ever in flux." Unquote. Yes, thank you, Michael Voris. This is so spot on that it's like it was written for our times. And in, in a way, it was, because it was written against the new theology, the Nouvelle Theologie, which is the theology of Vatican II, and it is anti-scholastic. 
And that is the alpha and the omega of all Novus Ordo theology. Never forget that the people that graduate from Novus Ordo seminaries, they have been totally indoctrinated with this new theology that emerged in, well, I think it was beginning in pretty much the 1930s and um, really, really came out during the Second Vatican Council and ever after. So, the new theology is the reason why you get such profound nuggets of wisdom from Francis like this one. This is going back to his speech today. Quote, The deepening of the kerygma is done with the experience of dialogue that comes from listening and that generates communion. Unquote. And so he proposes what he calls a theology of hospitality, a theology of listening, and a theology of acceptance that will culminate in a, listen to this, theological Pentecost. <laughs> he also says, quote, We need theologians, men and women, priests, lay people, and religious, who, in a historical and ecclesial rooting, and at the same time open to the inexhaustible novelties of the spirit, know how to escape the self-referential, competitive, and in fact blinding logic that often also exists in our academic institutions and is hidden many times among theological schools." Unquote. And there he is again with his hatred for real Catholic theology while he is busy trying to dissolve all Catholic dogma in an endless muddle of naturalism, Freemasonry, liberation theology, and existentialism. So Francis wants a theology of listening. Unless, of course, it would be listening to the Catholic Church before John XXIII and Vatican II. I guarantee you that if it's about listening to the preconciliar and only real Catholic Church, that of Pius XII, that of St. Pius X, and all the other real popes, Francis will suddenly not be interested in a theology of listening anymore. No, ladies and gentlemen, what we really need is a theology of kicking this guy out of the Vatican. Tratcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tratcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.